0: All right, Sarah, take it away.
1: <laughs> Jason, well, my name is Sarah Breskin-Cosme, level three quantum healing hypnosis technique practitioner out of the beautiful Florida Keys, Big Pine Key, Florida.
0: Big Pine.
2: Uh, <laughs>
1: yes. My website is holistic, hypnotist.com. Yeah. And. My- My phone number is 617-504-2905.
0: And I'll have a link down below for her website as well to to make it easier for everybody (laughs) to find her. Thanks. Now, Now, what
1: was so amazing is that Jen came because she had a brain tumor. And I thought this was just gonna be a regular QHHT session. But the information that started coming out was just so amazing.
0: So, you, Jen came to you because she was it because of the tumor? Is that
1: well, actually, for you? We, came, we did some hypnosis a long time ago, for okay. just different things. So, she knew that's what I did, but she didn't know what type of hypnosis I really was into. I started 11 years ago just doing basic past life regressions. Um, was late and quit smoking, and so then, years later, when I was doing the q h h t all the time, that's when she came to me, and she had a brain tumor. Gotcha right so
2: <clears throat>
1: the first the first session that we did was just so incredible and she pulled all this information that I just wanted to know more I mean I had read a lot of Dolores Candy's books, and the information in Dolores's books just lined up so perfectly with her information some things were a little different in the fact that there was so much more detail that was coming through in her session and knowing you know knowing me i was just so curious oh my gosh i just have to have her come back so we can learn more and more and that just it just keeps blowing me away the stuff that comes out in these sessions
0: um what kind of things was was coming from the sessions like what kind of information that was coming through on the sessions
1: a lot of stuff about the ancient civilizations i thought were really Really fantastic and really interesting. Um, she was pulling information from a past life that she had in what people call Lemuria, and she just could describe it in so many details. I, and I, as a practitioner, I could feel like I was there. It was just so fantastic. Just learning about the culture, the ceremonies, um,
2: just what believed
1: awesome. in, and just. The type of people they were as a as a culture, they were so compassionate and every in every session when she's in that lifetime in Lemuria it's such a happy lifetime. It just feels so joyous how people are just so connected and just trusting of one another, wow. just a sense of camaraderie and just a blissful state to be in in that.
0: Um, they did say Lemuria around that time frame. That was part of the golden ages, so it makes well,
1: sense. That makes sense. Just uh, such a compassionate people. Just so spiritual too. Just in touch with themselves, and and of course, it was ruled by women. <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> oh, like like the governing class and everything.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Governing yeah, <I> mean, class. <laughs>
0: yeah that that's that i believe it too because i think uh i forgot where i saw it at or where i read it at but that's one of the reasons why things flip because um you know men wanted more control so they they flipped a lot of things you know like if they had like women statues that had power they would destroy those statues and, and so on and then if they had uh statues that represented them as political figures or religious powerful figures then they went away you know so Mm -hmm. i do believe that so and now it's changing again from what i understand (laughs) you
2: know
0: Uh, Mm -hmm.
3: sometimes i think or I, i get the feeling when i start looking back at some of the memories and the things we uncover in our sessions that going from such a matriarch-based society and being part of the ruling class and then being imprisoned in, a, in a, what we would call Atlantis, that was not a matriarch society over there. And I think that was one of the harder parts of the imprisonment was the, the, the bringing down of the self of, of kind of deconstructing the idea that this is not something that will ever be ruled by women and that's gone forever and it died with us and with me and that it's going to be gone for a very long time. And I, it keeps coming up for me a lot is that, that was it. Right. And that's why we haven't seen it in a long time in a very long time.
0: Right. Right. So, so Jen, how did you meet Sarah? And like, what made you feel like you you needed to have a, uh, a session with Sarah?
3: I think we, for the last 10 years, have been pulled together by so many different things that mm-hmm. this was inevitable. this was going to happen, no matter what. And you know we both have children and we lead busy lives and we have our own businesses, and you know no matter what would happen, every now and then something would pull us together. And I originally went to Sarah years and years ago because I was overweight. And um, I had had a baby, I gave 90 pounds and I really, really wanted to just start losing that weight. And I tried and I tried and I tried and I did the sessions and I just, I would lose a little bit here and a little bit there, but I couldn't understand what was really going on with all of that. And then the hurricane hit, Hmm. that was two years ago. And with that, both of our lives were completely uprooted. We both had to take our families and flee and raise our children in other states for a little while. And when we came back, um, I found out, I I basically woke up one morning and I had lost the vision in one eye. And I went to the doctor, I went to the doctors immediately. And they had looked in my eye and basically told me, well, you have a condition that's called pseudotumor cerebrae which is basically a brain tumor that's made of the cerebral fluid in your brain. So it, it encapsulates around things and it'll basically cause you to go blind. It'll cause you to stroke out. It has a lot of negative effects to it and it's inoperable. And uh, the treatment is pretty harsh. You have to take a lot of heavy medications to just wow. to drain your brain fluid. And um, I, I couldn't, between rebuilding my home, which was, pretty much almost destroyed in the storm and rebuilding my business, my husband's business. The medication was just taking its toll on me. And, um, Sarah and, uh, our, our youngest children ended up going to school together again. And when I came across Sarah, she had asked me if I was interested in doing some hypnosis for that. And I said, I didn't realize that we could do hypnosis for something like that. And, uh, she said, yeah, I have a thing. If you'd like to come and do it, just let me know. And um, I contacted her and I said, listen, I'd like to do hypnosis for this, but I'd also like to do hypnosis in a way where I can kind of get in touch with who is me on the inside, if that makes any sense. Because I had never heard of QHHT. I never really understood any of it. I had only started to read the um, Abraham books at that point. And I was very curious about your inner self. I had never really understood that concept. So I said, is there a way that we could heal this while we talk to my inner self so I can have a better understanding? And she was like, that's exactly what we're going to be doing. And I said, Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. That's exactly what Perfect. we're going to be doing. And yeah, I remember our first session was like groundbreaking for me. I couldn't believe what was going on inside of me that I wasn't aware of at that point. And within the first session, I was able to reduce my medication to almost nothing, and then by the second set, uh, set of um, uh, or ther- the second set of therapy, I was able to actually go off all the medication completely. And I monitored. I go to specialists at the University of Miami. They monitor my condition. I go to several different doctors, and they've all said it's amazing. Like you've shrunk it. If you've done it. This is it. And it was so much so that i ended up becoming pregnant even though i wasn't technically supposed to be able to become pregnant at this point
0: Ooh, so, sarah you got the magic touch
3: <laughs> and i i've had a completely healthy pregnancy as a result which was something that they told me don't expect don't expect this baby to make it wow. this is not something that will you know you can really do yourself in with this it may be something you want to think about undoing and no this has been great it's been Actually, a lot easier than my last pregnancy, which I didn't have any conditions for. So,
1: I think we're so programmed as a whole to believe we can't heal ourselves. I mean, yep. we're so programmed. If you get sick, right. you follow this protocol. When actually,
2: pill. <laughs>
1: yeah, healing is so easy for the body to do. I mean, just even this week, someone cured themselves of breast cancer. I had someone heal their. Eyesight. They didn't tell me till they were up in my office. They were blind, Mm -hmm. but they could see after. I mean, these miracles happen in a QHHT session all the time. Mm -hmm. I think for many practitioners.
0: Yeah. Um. For you, with the eye, the uh, the tumor, fluid. Did they say like, well, did your higher self say like what was going on or um like why it was doing what it was doing and what did it do to like take care of it?
3: I think it was in one of the earlier sessions that I remember my higher self when we were doing a body scan, that it removed a T-shaped object from the back veins and the, um, I forget exactly what it was called, but I remember it being like the back area of the neck, like where the stem of the brain is. And I remember also it saying to us that, it was a matter of opening up the mind, that it was putting pressure on certain parts of my brain to open my mind up to something that needed to be opened up in effect.
0: Soul speak, the messages, you know, like how the body would send certain messages. So I guess in a way it did that so you can see something. In Definitely. a way so you can get more more messages and so on.
3: Completely. And when I wow. li- re-listened to that and I digested that information, it made perfect sense as to why it would happen, when it happened, and to have someone so close to me ready to do this kind of therapy and to open this this door up for me, it was destiny. Mm-hmm. Nice. Not a lot of people look at a brain tumor as destiny, but
2: I do. <laughs> you know?
1: Well, that's what happens. The body will send messages. It'll place certain illnesses as a message so that it's almost impossible to look elsewhere. The person's forced to look at this message and to get to the bottom of it.
0: Yes, absolutely. So here's the fun question. So now you better, you feeling better. I guess they did their scans and they were like, Hey, what's going on? Mm -hmm. You know, did the doctor say, Hey, how's, what are you doing? How's this happening? Kind of thing. Or they just said, Oh, the medicine's doing its job. You're okay. Kind of thing. Like what was happening?
3: I I basically have always been very honest with the doctors about the treatments and the medications that they've given me, the ones that I felt were only making me sicker and with the therapies I've done with Sarah. So they've taken account into all of it. I also go, I do some um, chiropractic manipulations once a week too, which I've also given them full account of, but they're, they're, it's funny. I'll tell them that and I'll tell them this and what other little things I've done just to help, you know, like I keep a low sodium diet just to make sure it kind of keeps itself at bay. And then when I approach the subject of hypnotherapy, they don't want to hear it. They're like, Oh, that's nice. <laughs> like, But no, that's the biggest factor so far. And they're like, oh, okay. They they have no interest in something that doesn't require a prescription from a pharmaceutical that's, company.
0: That's amazing. I would have been like, so who did you go talk to? Who is this person? Uh, yeah, if I was a doctor, I'd be, like, wondering, like, so how did this happen, like, because I don't know how fatal it is with the with the eye situation, but, mm-hmm. you know, but it seemed like it was pretty intense and pretty fatal, so it kind of makes you wonder, like, what changed, what happened, you know?
2: Yeah,
3: it can, it can be very fatal, and it, it really could, especially when you've got little kids you need to run after in a house to rebuild, it gets a little bit that's a little crazy but honestly I, I felt like that was anytime i presented that to any of the doctors that was automatically like a that's cute,
0: <laughs> that's that's
1: cute. cute. I that with any illness once the message is heard
3: there's no reason for the body to keep sending the message
0: exactly. yes yes yes
3: and i definitely felt that in the sessions it was definitely a reprogramming of that and, and a sense of there was, I, I was having a lot of fluid buildup, like it incredibly building up. It was all in my face and my feet and my hands. And in some of our sessions, we would, she would just drain me. And I would have this unbelievable effect of just like the water would go away within 24 hours and I would be back down and I could feel normal again. And it was unbelievable, unbelievable. No medication worked like that for me whatsoever. Wow.
0: Nothing. was the higher self doing anything like was the higher self like were you able to see anything like or like or like, to help you get rid of the fluid or whatever
3: just listening to the tapes over and over again listening to the recordings listen to the tapes.
0: recordings people
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> <Very important. laughs> I would have
0: very uh, important <laughs> the
3: session and it would have this immediate effect almost like this diuretic effect on me And, you know, maybe three or four days later, after I would kind of grounded myself a bit about it all, maybe the fluid would start to build up again, and I'd have to listen to it again. And the minute I did within a half hour, same kind of diuretic effect. And it would happen over and over again, until I just got to a point where I think my brain had just reprogrammed itself, and it was no longer doing it.
0: Nice. Here's a fun question. Um, Mm -hmm. When you listen to your recordings, are you? Is it before you go to sleep, or is this like you're in your living room on the couch or something?
3: It's funny you should ask that. I've done it a couple of different ways, and <laughs> I found the most two of the most effective ways. One was in the middle of the day when when you really feel it. You have to truly want to sit down and you want to listen to it, even though I know it's very hard to it for many people. It's very hard for me to listen to myself sometimes because I don't remember saying a lot of this stuff and it kind of throws you through a loop, but it's okay. (laughs) But if you sit down with a pad of paper and a pen and you just listen as if it's someone else's tape and maybe take some notes on it, I find it's very effective doing that when you can distract yourself with pen and paper and take notes. Yeah, that's
0: a good point. Good idea.
3: Yeah. My second favorite way to do it is as you're about to go to sleep with a set of headphones on and actually let yourself go to sleep while you're listening to it.
0: Yes. That's a
3: whole different effect I found.
0: That's a good recommendation definitely so you're listening to the recordings so what did you think hearing yourself speak and it's a different type of voice or if it's your higher self and you have no memory of it what you thought about that
3: sometimes it's irritating to hear myself it is it's (laughs) it's a little like I I can't always explain it that well but it's very offsetting in a way like that's not me that's not me at all (laughs) But then all of a sudden you start getting into it and you listen a little bit more and you just kind of resign yourself over to it and you stop feeling funny about it. And then all of this stuff starts opening up and I'll find more information when I listen to it over and over again, over and over again. Yes. It has yes. To be. I always do. And then it just starts trickling into my everyday life. It has that effect.
0: Um, I know you had multiple sessions so far, but how many times you probably listen? To the first one for example
3: probably about five six times the first one yeah i was i was determined that this was going to work because i didn't have a lot of options at that point yeah yeah
0: interesting
3: and i think that's a big part of it too you have to truly believe and want this to be workable for you approaching it with this negativity is never it, it just doesn't bring you really anywhere. So you got to have right, that right. open-mindedness yeah, about it.
0: Be open-minded about it. Is that Very much. Thing? Yeah. yeah. If you're going to be closed-minded about it, it's not going to do anything for you. Like
3: If you're walking in there to prove people wrong, it's, it's never going to work. But if you're going in there to do something for yourself and to find more out, out about yourself, then you can't go wrong.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. i always tell people try not to judge there's the session just try to judge the results just have yeah. an open mind and look for the results because sometimes they're really subtle at first sometimes the higher self will say oh they're going to notice something really subtle at first and then in the next couple of days they're going to start to see these results try yeah. not to miss them as a weird coincidence That all of a sudden they were blind and they can see you know <laughs> try to you know, be appreciative, too. I think the, the guides and the higher self really likes it when the client is appreciative and, and notices the, the changes.
0: Absolutely.
2: Definitely.
0: <clears throat> Before we move on to the next subject, was there any other healings that you noticed? Anything else?
2: Within
3: myself, definitely. I had, I had gone to her about um, some issues with my um, thyroid, as well, and she's helped me balance that out and has kept it very successfully uh, at normal levels. Um, We also, I've had a couple of issues with just when I was first pregnant, I wasn't, I was really nauseous all the time. I was having a lot of trouble just, you know, keeping my head at bay and definitely (laughs) that helped out a lot. That balanced me out. We were very cautious though and careful in the early stages of the pregnancy just because we didn't want to upset any balances that needed to be there. Um, I think I've also had instances where um, I've had colds and I've gone there and I've left fine, completely fine. I remember one day I had some issues with my neck and my back, and that was fine afterwards as well. So I pretty much just go.
0: <laughs> what's
3: going on?
0: <laughs> hey, I'm here for my checkup.
3: <laughs> I'm here for my checkup, and we're good. And we're good.
0: Nice. Now, for uh, all the interesting and fun stuff. Um, so, what was coming through your sessions? so you pr- you pretty much had some intense session, and also I will leave a link down below for her QHHT session where sh- she was talking. So tell us uh loud and clear like what was uh, how what w- what was coming through your session?
3: The first session I remember, the first thing that ever came through to me was probably my first incarnation here on this planet. And I came through as this man. it was a commander or um, a captain. And the captain basically, I, I remember having this huge imp- this impression of these huge green ferns in front of me, and I was lost, and I couldn't find this partner that I had. And I was devastated. And I couldn't figure out where to go or what to do. And I just felt so utterly alone. And we, we continued to go into that. And what came across to me was that I was not from there. I had come from somewhere else. And I was parting part of some, I was leading an, an expedition, not an experiment, but an expedition, but maybe partly an experiment too. I think there was a good experimental value yeah. there. And I had led a group of people here from another place, another planet, and we had come to begin seeding this planet. And it was the timing had been right, and the locals, the natives that we had here already on this planet were ready to be interbred with, and we were ready to start building civilization. It was just ready for that. And I was one of many, many expeditions that were set off at the same time. Mine was not a successful one, though, because our ship crashed, and I believe that the ship crashed because it was meant to, that it was programmed by higher up beings from where we had come as part of what would happen if they landed and they didn't have the technology. Where I think people Hmm. from Atlantis hail from a sect of people who came at the same time, and flourished with the technology that they brought with them. And that's why they became what they were. Gotcha. So, and over time, over years and eons and whatever, they flourished and <laughs> my guy died alone in a cave. <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> by himself, no.
3: By himself. But it's, it's not a...
0: Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> it's
3: never good. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was definitely an interesting experience to see it. But I felt... I I felt it, I felt his sadness and the the loneliness and just everything that came along with it and these hopes for setting up this new civilization and it all just dying with him. But in the um, aftermath, when we went and we looked at the life and whole after the death, I realized that the woman who had run off was actually pregnant with one of my children and that it had survived and that I did end up leaving my lineage, which continued.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, okay, so they did interbreed with whoever was in, in the area
3: 100%. Okay,
0: okay, yep. and then at the end, they, they died in the cave by themselves.
3: Yep, definitely. There was definitely some mangling that happened as you tried to, you have to learn to survive in a new world. And yeah, I, I wasn't alone, there were others that were with me. Some of them had died on impact, some of them, yeah, I
2: remember that
3: later, yeah, but. I remember that was the first one that came across to me very strongly and kind of.
0: You remember what you look like?
3: I remember having very wild, curly, blonde hair and beard. Like the hair was out of control. It must have been at a point where I had been there for a while and, you know, we didn't have grooming. <laughs> we,
2: didn't
3: have, we didn't have scissors. We didn't have razors, any of that kind of stuff. It was just a matter of looking a bit wild and free. And I remember being lighter skinned, lighter hair, lighter eyes, uh, a thinner but tall and a bit muscular build. And um, I, I remember just my feet being very dirty, and I was really not happy about that. I think where we had come from was a very clean, I would think. Ster- sterile place. And this was just kind of. Like, look what you've reduced yourself to. <laughs> well, why I'm, did I like come 12. here kind of thing? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I was—I knew why I had come there, and I understood why that had to take place, but I was upset to see in the aftermath that it had been manipulated, that it wasn't because of my own doing that that, that ship had crashed, that it was more of a, let's see how this will happen, and what role it'll have in the evolution of mankind if this happens?
0: Hmm, that's interesting. So, when you say higher beings, you think it was people on that planet that sabotaged the UFO, or
3: yes, a hundred percent. Yes, really? Yeah.
0: That's the second time I've heard this. So, yeah, yeah someone else had a similar experience where yeah. they. Uh, but this ship was going to Atlantis, and they were trying to get information of why they knew so much about crystals to take that knowledge back. But there were like some political figures over at and on that planet was like, "No, we don't, we don't want them to come back with that information," and it was a one-way trip. So,
3: yep, I can see that definitely. This would have predated Atlantis by it a long time though this life like right that, tens of thousands if not more years beforehand where it would have just been a slow evolution but
0: that was going to be I, my next question yeah so you think that crashed in Lemuria that that ship
3: no my, my instinct is that it crashed somewhere in Utah
0: Utah <laughs> yeah,
3: somewhere oh, in that part of the world right. Somewhere around, I keep getting this impression of a Great Salt Lake, so I'm not sure if it's Utah or if that's just my American eye's understanding of geography at this point, but I I know it crashed into water. Gotcha. It, it embedded itself into rock down there, and quite a few of the ca- the, um, the not the cast, but the, the crew, there we go, <laughs>
2: <Our> <laughs> little
3: baby brain these days. Quite a few of them died on impact, but quite a few of them we were able to get out and just kind of make do with what we had. But one of the strongest things I remember from it was the cold, the freezing.
0: I do remember that.
3: freezing, the shivering and the wet and just it was like the crash wasn't the worst part. It was surviving it.
1: And the hunger...
3: The Uh hunger, yes, because we didn't know what we could eat, what we couldn't eat. Nothing was just, we had no tools to cook anything with. It was miserable.
1: So do you remember where you came from? There was just none of that? There was just no hunger,
3: no? I remember slightly that it was very technologically advanced, where things like that had been dealt with. They were easily solved, and it wasn't something that we had ever bothered ourselves with.
0: Yeah, they probably had like maybe special machines or something on their ships for that, for food.
3: It kind of, what comes to mind is like Back to the Future 2, where they put a little pill in the little microwave Um. and out comes a hot pizza kind of deal. I mean, (laughs) not, not like that specifically, but technology in that way where it would alleviate that kind of nuisance in one's everyday life and allow you to focus on bigger things.
0: Gotcha um where did you think they came from
3: i have a feeling that it's this one specific area of the sky that has always pulled me towards it um if you look past the big dipper there is tends to be this really bright star that goes a little bit further past it uh-huh. and i i think it's from in that
0: direction okay i don't know what star system that is <laughs> I don't
3: either I'm not very well versed in any kind of astronomy but you I know, know that there's certain comments. things that always pull me towards them and I'm going to be a look, look at it tonight <laughs>
1: like,
0: where's, where, where's that different at? <laughs> yeah.
3: you know what I should actually I know there's a phone on an app on the phone that you can look at certain things and it can tell you I'm going to do that find out
0: yeah google sky is one of them
3: <laughs> yep that's <So>. it.
0: interesting <laughs> Um, so do you remember anything else from that, that scene, I guess you could say, of that life?
3: Um, nothing I'm recalling right off the top of my head, but I know it's not the only time we've, I've gone into that life in our sessions. I think, um, if you remember anything else, Sarah, bring it up. I, I sometimes have trouble recalling.
1: I have a couple videos of just basically the history of the world, one of the first seedings of the world, just how it came about, just uh, really fascinating. I'd love to share it. I'll let you go over it first, and if it's okay with you, I'd love to share the
3: video. That's fine. Actually, I remember now what you're talking about. That's fine with me. I think that's actually really interesting because it kind of gives you a greater picture of like, well, why? Why is this here? Why are we here? What is that all about? And I think it really does paint a better picture of who we are.
0: Yeah. Do you remember the locals that were there? Do you remember what they look like?
3: Yes. They were very, very basic. Like your first impression of man from the evolved animal and very primitive, very basic language that was, you know, I guess coming from such an advanced place, it was probably somewhat torturous to have to try to <laughs> communicate and make things work and very, very deep in a type of a uh, systematic culture of like women have this role, men have that role already from the get-go. So it was, I found it was hard to break through with them or relate to them, but, you know, Everybody mates the same.
1: <laughs> I thought it was really fascinating. Um, I asked her if that was the beginning of time. It was just one. She said it was one of the beginnings. It had been reset and started over many, many different times.
0: Almost yes, just believe the, you know. I
3: believe it.
0: Definitely. believe it. So what was the reasoning for mixing of the DNA? Did you have a sense of that? Or um, selling with the locals, why to mix with the the dna the basic.
3: i my instinct on it was that it was meant as a way to perfect both types to bring those up higher and for us to kind of learn a bit more about our primitive origins because we had evolved so far from it that we kind of lost touch with the basics in the beginnings So it was one was moving forward while one was moving backwards and it was going to meet in the middle and create something new.
0: Interesting. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So it's kind of like one's up here, one's down here. Hey, bring it closer, you know.
3: Let's see what happens.
0: Gotcha. It's almost like a reset button in a way. (laughs) Yes,
3: completely. It was.
0: All right. Um, And then after that, you... Uh, had a life in Lemuria
2: this has been
0: what was really that like one. <laughs>
3: for years I have had the same dream that pops up every couple of years and um, the dream is always I'm on a beach like a very narrow beach and behind me is a very steep cliff that goes straight up behind me like a big rock wall that'll go up maybe 60 100 feet And it could be night, it could be day, and I'll turn around and I'll look at the ocean and this wave will just rise up in front of me. And I'm talking like the mother of all waves out of nowhere. It will just rise up and look as if it's about to start crashing down on me. And all these dreams, I just turn and I start scaling the wall or I'm lifted up to the top of these rocks and I watch the water just come crashing down all around me, but I'm never enveloped in the water. And I couldn't understand what that was. And then I had that dream two weeks before Hurricane Irma came here. And it was so unsettling, I I couldn't shake it. And I knew the minute they issued our hurricane warning, I had to get my family out of here. I had to get them as far away from here as possible, which is what I did, which was inevitably the best move I could have ever made. uh, Because if had we stayed, it would have been a disaster. And I think this has been something that has triggered this life. And the the memory of this life in me is this dream, this constant wave coming, crashing down. And it's a huge life. It's so detailed and there's so much that goes to it. But the basis of it is I was the daughter of the ruler, the woman who ruled Lemuria. And I was set next to be the person who would rule my grandmother had ruled before her and she was still alive and she, they had had a, uh, she had had a large role in raising me while my mother was in power because at that time you didn't reign until your death. You reigned until you felt that you were no longer, um, not, no longer capable of doing it, but that it was time for someone new to rule, that right. you knew. And it was passed through the blood it had to be done as if from mother to daughter, from mother to daughter. And it had been done like that for generations upon generations upon generations. Wow. And the women- I never knew that. Yep. They were all um, not artificially inseminated, but they were in a very old school way, artificially inseminated, where they would have these large like, I want to say kind of like orgies, but without actual penetration, where they would collect from the men that were the bravest and the wisest and the most compassionate, that they would say, these were the best people here and they would collect. And then they would inseminate you. And it would be something like your mom and your grandma would be there for kind of deal. And they would bless you and just say, you know, this is what's going to happen. And I remember it had to be done during a certain time with the stars aligning. And if it was done correctly, you would then, nine, ten months later, you would give birth to the next ruler, another girl, which is what happened to me, and at the time,
0: that's pretty cool that you know that,
3: (laughs) um, it's all come through in the sessions, believe me, I I didn't know any of this, I didn't know there was anything out there, like even in that rate, in that area, that any kind of history of this, it's just all come through very clearly, to be honest, and I know I had a young daughter who was two or three at the time that the Atlanteans came, and uh they they just they destroyed everything everything
0: right
3: it was a civilization with millions and millions and millions of people wonderful people compassionate people explorers thinkers and uh they they came in search of a specific type of crystal that we had and under no circumstances was I allowed to let them know about it or where it was held, or what we did with it, and that was what caused our downfall.
0: Wow.: yep. Did you have a sense of where Lemuria was from your your point of view, your your vision or session?
3: I know Easter Island was definitely one of the tips, one of the points of it. And I know it was in the South Pacific. I don't know if it really stretched as far as Australia or that much further up, but what I do recall is that the shape of it was mountainous along the entire ridge of the country. Like it was almost like bowl shaped. And then as you went down from the mountains, it was like, flat land in the middle of the whole country, which made for terrific growth of food and medicines and whatnot. So we were always well fed. There was always enough for everybody. There was great farming done. And um
1: what's really interesting as well is that I have another client that has also had a past life in Lemuria describe it exactly the same way. No. They were there for the um destruction. Yeah.
0: That's interesting.
3: That is how the destruction begins, though, is with with the wave, is uh, the link to it, is this massive, giant tsunami is triggered by the Atlanteans using some specific technology that they have, and it just, it it obliterates us.
0: Wow. Do you know how they caused it? by any chance, how how they caused the the wave or how they did anything? I I think it was in, in the session, in the video, but I believe it was
3: caused by a kind of technology. They had a type of energy where they were able to trigger underwater, like an underwater earthquake and pull that water up. I remember the water just rising so quickly that there was no chance to stop and do anything or see. Like there was no earthquake beforehand. There was no earthquake afterhand. It was just water everywhere on like two thirds of the entire continent. This massive wall of water just coming in and flooding wow. everybody out. And uh, I, was, I was taken while that was happening and it just, I get this impression I was lifted up almost put in like a bubble, some type of capsule. And I was forced to watch it all. And you
2: then
0: think it's taken the, back. the Atlanteans did that or yes. someone, someone else did that.
3: No, that was definitely them.
0: Mm. Um. For Lemuria, what, what kind of, you remember what kind of technology that, that they had? I, I know you said they had a crystal and all that, but um, that's one of the, questions i always had was like what they based their technology and their information on
3: yep their technology was i want to say it's softer it wasn't less advanced or less evolved but we didn't use it in the same way it was used in in the way of understanding the inner soul and understanding the mind and understanding the connections of where we had come from and then the crystals were used for healing for you know just just getting things to grow, things like that, that were very nurturing. The same kind of technology was being used by the Atlanteans, but it was being used as like a hard kind of uh, technology where it was very, I felt like it was very metallic and very cold and very brisk and very, you know, uh, just like there was no compassion there. It was all just... It's very, what's the best way to explain it? just like going from New York <laughs> in the middle of midtown Manhattan and going from there out to like a farm in New Jersey. Like we've all got the same technology, but one just feels a lot harder than the other one.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, do you, Was that like the first, event between the two or is there, is there been multiple events Would you happen to know
3: i believe it was a short period of time from when we first met probably within maybe a year or two to the time that the civilization was destroyed and then about 60 years later uh, atlantis is destroyed yeah yep
0: yeah i remember that uh, that session pretty well
2: yeah <laughs> So. I've
3: been trying to focus a little bit more lately about that period of time and trying to understand what happened then, because I think it's been blocked out of me for a long time, and peeling it back layer by layer has its, you know, it's not easy. You have to really dig into it.
0: And oh, absolutely. It.
3: But uh, I, I know Plus a lot of stuff
0: happened. It a lot is, of trauma.
3: Definitely. And I think that's what they've kind of protected me from for many lifetimes is really even considering that yet like i know they put me to sleep for a long time after that life a long time
0: Oh yeah to uh rest reorganize regroup
3: regroup understand be okay with that because i don't think i was okay (laughs) 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 right time i died i was not okay it was interesting
1: because after you rested i asked um after you in the afterlife and you had to rest for a long time after that life I asked if you had another lifetime with some of the members of your family from that lifetime. And he said, no, because it would be too triggering. And you went to the desert. Yes. Somewhere far away.
3: Definitely. From that yeah. tropical. It feels like it was one of the earlier civilizations, like along the Euphrates, somewhere around there. That was the first time they let me come back. And even this lifetime, I think this was the first time they've let me have contact with people who were um, my family in this life. I mean, back then to now. Just because the timing's right and they know I can handle it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You just think of how many thousands of years that was ago.
3: (laughs) Definitely. Like one of the bigger things I I noticed is that – what happened to my, I had a two or three-year-old daughter at the time, and when the flood came, I wasn't with her. She was in one of the palaces, and what I saw after I had died, what we had gone back, I wanted to know what happened to her, and I found out that she had been hit so hard by the wave that her, she was impaled against the wall on the back of her neck. Something impaled her into the wall, and um, like oh. one of my children was born with a huge mark on the back of her head right there. And I've always kind of wondered, like, what the the hell is that? (laughs) Why does she have that on her head? And uh, it makes more sense to me now that that would be there and we would be reunited like this right now.
0: Yeah. And if that is the case, then she's bringing that energy with her from that life, from what it sounds like.
3: Definitely. Making up for lost time.
0: If, If that's her in that previous life, then... You know, it's bringing that energy field and that residue with her, from, as Dolores Cannon likes to say.
3: Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what's happened.
0: That's interesting.
3: I don't feel that way about everyone in my life. You know what I mean? Like, I don't go looking for little things. But when when, some, when that happened, I was like, oh, my God, that is what it is. That is what happened.
2: And
3: yeah, it's, it goes deep. It does because then, you know, you don't only have that to deal with, but then you start thinking about like, wow, well, what are we supposed to be doing now in this life together? Are we making up for that? Do we just live? Like, what, what is that? What does that become?
0: Exactly. Um, yeah. Do you remember anything else from Lemuria before you uh, was taken?
3: I remember, I, I've been trying to figure out how this happened. I know my mother was killed in front of all of us by the Atlanteans. She was definitely, like, massacred in front of them. Ah, we we I never expecting that. It. Yeah, they, they were, at first, they came to us looking for us to teach them about this technology that we had, where we were able to still communicate with the home planet through these crystals. And that was something they could not do anymore. They had lost that technology, they had lost the crystals, and they were begging us, this is the only thing that we don't know how to do. We need you to show us. And my mother had communicated with them and they said under no circumstances are you to let them know any of this. So my mother and my grandmother and I met, counseled, and we decided, you know, let's be friendly with them, let's be open with them, but under no circumstances are we to share this information. And when they realized they weren't going to get it, they I, I get this impression that she was reduced to small pieces. I don't know what they did to her, though.
1: They used yeah. some sort of... A light, I I think you were saying, some sort of a light that just kind of like broke
3: apart. Yes, it was something that just, I remember like just small chunks Hmm. of her everywhere. And, um, oh wow. Yeah, I I believe my grandmother was with my child when the wave happened, which was not too long after the death, but, um, the death of my mother. But there was also a, a period of time where I became the leader then. And I had to deal with them on my own. And it was very stressful that we had no idea what was going to happen. And the people were not happy that I was still trying to negotiate with them. And we weren't a warring culture. We weren't quick to war. We understood what that would mean and what detriment that would have to people. And I kept trying to bring this delight to people. But... They, they, their opinions were very strong and when the yeah. Atlanteans realized we weren't going to reason with them and we weren't going to give them what they want, they just said, well, you will because it's inside of you and as long as we have you, we'll always have the last link and the rest of these millions of people are meaningless."
0: Wow, like, interesting. They, what did you look like? Do you remember what you look like and what your parents look like?
3: I do. I remember myself Having a reddish brown skin, like more of a reddishness to it, uh, like a ruddiness, and very curly black hair, very dark hair. My nose was a bit squat and Uh flat. I remember having larger lips and a very like moon shaped face, like very, very round. And I remember being stout, but very strong, but um, not very tall. That was, I think, the thing with most of the people there. We weren't very tall, but we were very strong and very mighty and powerful kind of people. And I remember snakes having something huge to do with it. We were very big into snakes and snakeskin, hmm. and just snakes were a big deal for us for some reason. I mean, that's interesting uh, the
1: other um, client that I have that went to a past life in Lemuria described snakeskin, so I think that's interesting.
0: Hmm. Um, Were they connected? Oh. Yes, little Banksy. Um, well, well, that's interesting. I would have never known that. You think snakes played a certain role in their culture?
3: I think they were a very sacred object to them, or something they related to, or just something that kind of maybe had its place in their early history there, but I, I just remember there was a, like a lot of the clothing was snake skin and a lot of the um, the carvings in, in our palace was all snakes. It was just not a lot of snake going on there.
0: Hmm, that's interesting.
3: Reptilian too, maybe a little bit of like lizard going on, but yeah. Like
0: reptilian skin kind of thing? Yeah, was, definitely. Was that the kind of clothing or?
3: I would... My guess is yes. I don't know if everybody wore that, to be honest, but I know it was definitely something that was meant for the my family. There was a
2: lot of that going on.
0: Gotcha. And y- your parents look similar. Your your mom and your grandmother.
3: They did. I remember my mother. I remember my mother looked a little bit different from me. I think she was this more of like a, this beautiful kind of deal, like the ultimate ruler, like the, the ultimate queen kind of deal. And just very, like, someone who I, I tried to be like, someone who I didn't feel like I could be like in many ways. And um, my grandmother, I remember she was a bit more courtly. She was always quick to make a joke kind of a person, where my mother really didn't have a sense of humor.
0: It That's funny you, you were able to pick up on all that.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. I, it comes to me more and more. As we open this up and we go down this road, it it starts coming to me in trickles or in in jumps and dreams Mm -hmm. when I'm driving.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's true.
3: Definitely. It opens it up. And I've been taking a lot of notes on it, too. So I just go back to my notes and I see where I left off and I try to pick up from there and kind of visualize a bit and see what it is. Just go with it. See what happens.
0: Nice, nice. Did you add anything else with Lemuria? Anything that they used to do for fun, or anything like that that you can recall? Or I know there used
3: to be a huge festival that we would have every time this specific uh, comet would come across the sky. And I think it was like every eight to ten years it would come across. And it was a huge cause of celebration. <laughs> and I remember that being specifically close to the time that I conceived my child. And I think that was what the the point was, was that it was supposed to be around that time. And that would ensure a new ruler. And that we would also have ceremonies where um, they would have different people in our society would be awarded medals, not medals, but awarded something. And we would take let's say the bravest from the battlefield, but the most compassionate in the society as well. And we would award them on the same level so that people would understand that it's not just one aspect that we should be looking to achieve, it's both. Well. That you want to be fair and just and compassionate, but also not afraid to defend yourself if you
0: need to. Right. But Makes not to sense.
3: be centric in one area. Yeah.
0: You mentioned that they used to wear like snakeskin or lizard skin. Was that like like a dress or like a toga or or just like?
3: I got the impression it was more like a like a, a toga kind of deal. Or I remember like having kind of like a skirt, I think, that went with it, and then like a tightly binding top, not for modesty but for practicality, because the women were trained as warriors, as were the men. And Mm. it wasn't a society that where it was women ran everything and women were in control of everything. We were both, it was a a very equal playground for everybody. Um, It was was more equal. The rulers were part of an elite family that this had been transferred down and down and down and down and down. And it was passed from woman to woman in this family. And that was their religion and their rulers at the same time. So, but Amongst society, men and women were equally allowed to do everything.
0: Gotcha. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you recall anything else from Lemuria?
3: Not off the top of my head right now, but I'm sure if I <laughs> went back through my notes, I'd have.
0: Yeah, gotcha. And then the last thing was, y'all had a crystal. What was the the temple that looked like? Was was it like a like a palace kind of thing or was it like a
3: it was made out of a dark stone not black but like a dark gray and um it was very cold I remember to the touch which helped keep inside the palace pretty cold when it you know it was I would say it's more of a tropical environment than we were and humid and um they were very well you know do you know the um Oh goodness like in in certain ancient sites you'll see these bricks that look like they've almost been melted together and they've been fit so perfectly together oh yeah (laughs) that's the kind of architecture it was it was all just perfectly almost looked like it had been done by a laser placed together these large monolithic like stones all around us and um That was definitely like the major palace. That wasn't where we kept all the crystals though. The most important ones were kept hidden away in a cave on top of a mountain that very few people knew about or had access to.
0: Gotcha. Interesting. Um, The one that you recall, what did did the crystal look like? Was it just like a crystal that you see in the marketplace? Or this crystal? Look very special.
3: Very, very specific. This is, um, it was a red color, but not a ruby because it didn't have that shine and that gleam to it. It was actually like a thick blood color. And um, it was multifaceted where the inner, the um, bottom, what would it say? Like imagine if it was like a princess cut diamond ring that flat part on the top was there, and then at, all around it, it would just have cuts after cut after cut after cut, and rows and rows of that, and um, probably the size of, I'd say, a large fist.
0: Like a like a fist.
3: Like a large fist. Yeah, I, like something you could hold in both of your hands. Some more questions.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, Sarah, is there anything you want to ask before you leave? Is there anything you want? to, us to talk about or fast forward?
1: Well I think maybe we should meet again because there's a lot more information. There's a lot of stuff on Atlantis itself and the different technologies that they use and just the way those people looked and what they were like and just um, just a lot more information basically about their
0: culture. There'll be another video. Definitely, I don't. I
3: don't have a lot of good to say about
0: the Atlanteans. So people, yeah, they. Um, it was good. There were good people at first, who understand it, and at the end, Mm -hmm. degree took over the power. They wanted more power. They wanted more strength. Yeah. So, and that was going to be one of my questions tonight was to to ask you like why, like what was the purpose of them wanting more power, more strength? I have an idea of why, but I just wanted to get your opinion about it.
3: I think they lost the ultimate goal along the way. They forgot why they were there. They forgot where they came from. They forgot how to get back in touch to that. And the whole point of the mission was to harm them.
0: <laughs> so what was that last part? Like, uh, why? Like, what happened to them? Like-
3: I think they ultimately just the mission. Lost, They lost the point. And when you lose the point, it, it everything starts to crumble around you no matter how much you've built up and how much you've achieved. And they were trying so hard to get back to that origin, that point of where they had come from and why they had even come here and why they had evolved so much. And we had held on to that steadfastly. And they wanted that so much. And it was mm-hmm. not something that we were willing to give them. And it wasn't something out of We don't want you to have it. It was the minute we give it to you, you're going to use it against everybody and it will be ultimate destruction, which inevitably is what ended up happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it did get passed on. It did get out of there and it did make its way into Northern Europe is what I believe.
0: Oh yeah. What was that that? That got out in Northern Europe, if you can tell the people what it was.
3: I believe towards the end of my imprisonment, I was there, I was elderly and I was given some new rules by my newer captors because I was there for over 60 years. So as you know, I saw many regime changes happen and I was given a young girl who came to basically cook and clean for me and help take care of me. And at first we didn't seem like the best match for each other. And then I think over time we Realized that I needed to pass this on to her. And I did. And I did it just as I was able to get her out of there. And she evacuated Atlantis and I blew it up.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was pretty interesting. You kind of like gave them the wrong codes for it or something. Mm-hmm.
3: Definitely. In that session. Definitely. And. I think it's just the way it kind of had to happen. It wasn't going to go anywhere beneficial to anybody. And I think we needed to restart again. And that was the best way to do it. And the right person had the right information. And my instinct on it, we looked at it after one of the, like, after death in the session. And I think she went north. And I think that's where you get a lot of your, your maybe Norse mythology or, or things like that, that would, but not like not anything newer I think very ancient 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 Norse mythology that would propagate the gods that they had like the basics of it would come from this power being given to her and her going with it Uh, she couldn't get everything but I was able to give her what I gave her
0: nice interesting all right well before we wrap it up um is there going to be another video another video collaboration to share what happens on the other side (laughs) uh on the side to imprisonment
3: We could definitely do that
0: Mm -hmm. i
3: think you've got you got a time frame where we can talk again about this probably in the next two weeks uh and then i might be a little bit a little sidetracked for a couple of weeks or maybe a month or two with the baby but um i know i'll definitely meet with sarah again
0: yeah because you have more information about what where they went, what they did afterwards, you know, what kind of technology they had on the Atlantean side. So it seemed like he had a lot more information afterwards.
3: Definitely, I'm trying to I'm trying to get a good like a good chronology of this whole thing down, Pat, before I really, you know, and I mean before I really start letting everything out because i want to understand it first and i feel like once i understand it better then i can bring it out to people who can relate to it more when it's fully fully understood in that sense i think that's my job first i have to kind of delve through it and remember Mm -hmm. it and understand it and put the pieces together and when that comes together i think it'll be an unstoppable force that will help people remember that this was part of our
0: history absolutely I'm pretty excited to be part of it.
2: (laughs) Thank you.
3: I'm excited someone cares. (laughs) Like, I didn't really (laughs) think this was anything more than Sarah and I working out some health issues of mine. And
0: who would have known?
3: Who would have known that this was even here? I had no idea. And this wasn't something like I had no knowledge before it. I had no history of like understanding of any of this kind of stuff in the world, you know? It just flows.
1: When we first started, I was a little hesitant because I didn't think, you know, I didn't even know if you'd be open to this. Mm-hmm. And just, it's just yeah. like <laughs> night and day now.
3: No, definitely, isn't it? Now I've always mm-hmm. been open to this kind of stuff. I've just never had the right tools put in front of me to help get me there.
0: Right. I
2: think
3: a lot of people would say the same.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, Sarah, is there anything else you would like to add before we call it a night and, and get ready for the next video down the road?
1: <laughs> just that each video just surprises me more and more. There's just always so much information yeah. just that puts universal consciousness all together for me, basically. Everything just fits as a whole. Nice. I'm so excited to share more with you.
0: It seems like you're like a little investigator, you know, Oh
1: yeah. I love it.
0: And you're like the explorer. So you just exploring. (laughs) So, okay, cool. Well, ladies, we're going to call it a night and wrap this up and then till next time. So hopefully they have come back and we can explore the other side of the story and then piece up some more pieces together. (laughs) Excellent. I'll work on
3: some of that in the meantime.
0: Absolutely. Well, say good night.
3: Good
2: night, night. Bye. Bye.
0: i remember in your video you had a past life viewing your past life and then yeah. kind of, that was that was pretty intense that was different <laughs> yeah. so you Definitely. were seeing your past life in the past life so yes
3: completely and it's crazy how it works but it's it's very i feel like for years i couldn't understand what I was seeing or what i was dreaming about or what was coming to me as i'd encounter different things and now it makes complete sense but it really took doing the QHHT therapy for me to really start to pull it together glue it together you know mm-hmm.
0: absolutely
3: crazy even as we're talking i'm getting these like crazy like energy surges going through my body <laughs>
1: Well, they are probably so excited that you're talking about this, you know, because that was your purpose in the other lifetime, when, um, lifetime where you saw that past life (laughs) in your past life. (laughs) And um, that was Yeah, to get the message out there.
3: Exactly.
0: It also makes you wonder, for all this to happen, there's a reason for it you know, for you to want to have this information come forward. Like there's more than just your experience. Like there's also probably information that needs to be shared, you know, whether, Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, we've been here once before, don't do this again. Or, Hey, there's some information that everybody needs to know about because this is what we used to do. And this is what we need to do again for the future. And this is how we need to act and, you know, or, this is how things were done in the past that helped us so it makes you wonder like what what is all the stuff that you need to come forward with you know i think
3: you've really nailed it with that second point there that's really the feeling that comes across to me in all of this is that the time has never been more perfect or right for this information to start coming out and to be received by people without it being considered something that it's not or being received by people in a way that will be believable and also relatable to them. And I think before this point in our history, we've had a very long, arduous time of allowing this to be part of people's lives without ridiculing them. And that's why it's coming through so clearly now, and this is the way it's working out. It's just the time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. (sighs) Yeah, cause that's just kind of like what what happens is like it's using one of those two things like either a, you know, we need to correct our path or b we need this knowledge from the past that needs to come forward so we can move forward so.